Hello, this is Ellen Goldsmith, and welcome to Health Currents Radio. Today, we're talking about autism and autism spectrum disorders. They have a tremendous impact on children in school, at home, and later in life at work. Is there a cause? Is there a cure? Are there ways to help children and families? Today, we're going to speak with Dr. Valerie LaRosa about autism spectrum disorders and how she approaches it from a biomedical point of view. More on that later. Dr. Valerie LaRosa is a naturopathic physician at Pearl Natural Health, specializing in pediatrics and the treatment of children with autism spectrum disorders. Before she became a naturopathic physician, she was a behavioral therapist working with children and families with autism spectrum disorder, and she realized there was something else besides behavioral therapy which could possibly help children and help the families. She employs an integrative biomedical approach to treating the whole child and working with families. Dr. LaRosa, welcome to Health Currents Radio. Thank you, Helen. So let's start with the primary question that many people might have. What is autism? Well, autism uh, has a few definitions that have been used over the years. Um, in one sense, it's considered a pervasive developmental disorder. Pervasive meaning it's not something that children grow out of and that only affects children, but a, more of a lifelong uh, condition. And from my perspective as a physician, um, and, and many people working in more of the, the medical and scientific research and treatment versus the, just the education of these children. We think of it as um, a multi-system uh, metabolic condition, you know, affecting many different organs of the body, affecting people at the level of, you know, every cell in their body. Um, yeah, so that doesn't just affect people at the, at the level of their behavior or their development, but affects many systems in their body. So it has a physical impact on, on children as well, you're saying? Yes, and I think maybe that's the lesser known thing about autism. Uh, you know, in the general public, we, we think of, you know, autism as affecting children primarily, and we think of it as affecting their ability to, you know, to learn and to develop um, you know, various social skills and things like that. But in fact, you know, it, there, there are aspects of it that are, that are physical uh, symptoms and illness and pathologies in the body that, that can be, you know, corrected and healed and, and that will help improve that, that person's quality of life, you know, that will improve that child's development into adulthood. Right. So before you became a naturopathic physician, you were a behavioral therapist working with lots and lots of children and lots of families. And you must have seen something in treatment that needed addressing that that was not able to be addressed through simply behavioral therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy, et cetera. Yeah. I think, you know, over time I realized that these kids, you know, what was what was standing in the way of them learning new things and growing and developing in the most healthy uh, possible way was that there was, you know, there was a lot of physical discomfort, really. And, you know, working so closely one-on-one -on -one with those children, I definitely, um, you know, was witness to that. And really what happened for me was that, I, you know, I was always speaking with the parents and, and, and talking about how the treatment was going. And the parents started to tell me about uh, their children seeing naturopathic physicians and doing biomedical treatments. And so I would start to hear a little bit here and there about, you know, things like changing their child's diet and 
And what I saw was that the kids that got that that additional that that treatment really were able to learn and and grow so much better in our behavioral therapy sessions and and made more progress. So it seems like there's a set of of interrelated well, can we say they're interrelated causes or they're interrelated conditions that contribute to uh, one's functioning someone who has autism spectrum disorder? Yeah, I mean, I think I think this is also a, a big issue that comes up when when people try to understand autism maybe from the outside, not from, you know, in your own family, but people will say, well, does mercury cause autism? Do vaccines cause autism? You know, all of these controversial topics. Does um, do is it you know do genes cause autism? Is it just genetic? Does it just run in families? And so often I think you know everybody wants to kind of find that one cause, but no, it's it's um, it's it's multiple <laughs> like everything else in in autism. It's it's not that simple. Um, so there's a genetic component. It definitely runs in families, and then there's an environmental a huge environmental component as well. So what is that genetic component that you said there's something that runs in families? I Recently, I was traveling to the East Coast, and I was sitting on the plane next to a woman, a grandmother who had just been out to visit her son and, and grandkids and was coming every other month. And I said, wow, how wonderful. And she said to me, well, the reason I come every other month are both my grandchildren are autistic, which I had never heard of before. And it kind of shocked me. So what is this genetic component that that can be a contributory factor? Yeah, well, one of the kind of uncontested <laughs> things in autism research, one of the few is that it definitely runs in families. Your, um, your, you know, your likelihood of, of having uh, autism is much higher if you have a sibling, uh, you know, first degree relative. Um, often I would always hear from families that, you know, there was the child had an uncle or, you know, even a more distant relative that that had autism as well. So we know genetically it runs in families, but then from there, the genetic research becomes very complicated. And unlike so many other conditions, it's not one gene, it's not a small group of genes, it's not genes that affect one part of the body. It's, you know, when we start looking down that road, there are actually so many different genes that affect so many different uh, processes in the body that have now been associated with autism. So um, but in, in terms of if you could really pin down, you know, what's going on genetically, the, the primary uh, genetic vulnerability is just in the body's ability to detoxify. So I think that's kind of the crossroads of the genes and the environment is that what happens is you have, you know, if you're born with a genetic susceptibility to autism, you you might not have the ability to to rid yourself of toxins, which we all have to do. More and more yeah, every day, more, right? And, and that's, you know, I think that kind of speaks to the the higher numbers too, is, is you know, the, the level of toxicity in our environment. And so, um, you know, it's hard to make general <laughs> statements about, right. you know, anyone with that diagnosis of autism, but that's probably the primary, you know, one of the primary things that's going on is just not being able to remove toxins from from the developing brain and body fast enough, and then um, you know all the resulting symptoms from there. Yeah. So it, recently, the uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention 
in its evaluation of eight-year-old children in just 11 states, came out with the number that it's now one in 68 children are being diagnosed with uh, autism spectrum disorder. And uh, perhaps the diagnosis of children is happening a bit more definitively. Um, but this also means perhaps more and more children and families can be helped if children are being diagnosed with this. You know, there's a two-edged sword. You, you can be helped or you can be hindered because of the diagnosis, right? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of complicated. I actually um, will often meet a family for the first time who, you know, the parents are fully aware that there are problems going on, but who maybe just haven't quite gone through the steps of, of having a diagnosis. So sometimes we'll have that conversation where they know that I can start helping their child feel better physically, so they're willing to go down that road. But yeah, there's even just the issue of, you know, what does that label do for a human being or, you know, yeah, and it is it is a double-edged sword. Uh, for the most part, uh, the education system, it's the schools that kind of want that label as evidence that, you know, yes, this child is um, in need of additional services and education. So parents will will seek out that label for that reason. Right. Um it's a, it's a terrifying label to have put on your child, but at the same time, I think for some families, it's there's a comfort in knowing, um, okay, now we have a name for what's going on with our child, you know, who might seem, you know, very, you know, disorganized in their behavior or just, you know, in a lot of discomfort and so, yeah, it just, it really depends on the individual. It can be... Right. You've mentioned a couple of times physical discomfort. Yeah. Do you see uh, with with children uh, in your practice that and uh, that you've worked with over the years that there is a very strong physical, uh, there are strong physical issues um, that are very prevalent as well as mm -hmm. the functioning, you know, in terms yeah, of autism? I think sometimes it can be hard to see that with, with young children or with, with anyone who isn't um, able to communicate verbally. Right. And, you know, verbal communication isn't the only way, you know, perhaps someone, you know, can sign or use picture systems and things like that. And so if they're able to communicate, then they could, um, you know, they can tell us about that. And, and a lot of people with autism have spoken about, I think the biggest thing that pops into my head is abdominal pain and, and discomfort. Um, but even if a child has absolutely no communication system in place and is very young, um, you know, then obviously there's so many other symptoms. Uh, bowel problems are a big one, uh, constipation, diarrhea, you know, um, skin skin issues, things like that. But also, um, as a physician, you know, taking a history and, and speaking with the parents. These are not children that went through, you know, for the most part, that went through their infancy and, and you know, early years of life without any illness. Probably one of the biggest things that I hear often is, you know, chronic ear infections or, you know, chronic allergies, chronic rashes, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I haven't met too many children that had absolutely no health problems. And really on that flip side... Uh, sometimes these are people that never, ever, ever get sick. Hmm. And, you know, one thing I, I learned uh, in naturopathic medical school was that, you, you know, your body should react to something, you know, occasionally to a cold, to a flu, to a virus. And every once in a while, I've, I have uh, worked with, with folks that are, you know, well into their teen years or early 20s. And, and you know, the parent will remark, they never get sick. And sometimes that's even an indication that their immune system is just really kind of shut down. Mm. But for the most part, yeah, there's, 
there's definitely a lot of physical symptoms. So the the work that you're doing and, and the biomedical research that's being done is really allowing the body and mind to come together and to and the nervous system and and the physical functioning to be looked at in in concert with each other. Yeah, yeah, I think part of our what's hard for for us to understand about autism, you know, and the history of trying to understand it is that that mind body split because it's actually in the, you know, the the diagnostic and statistical manual. So it's it was considered the realm of, you know, psychologists and psychiatrists were the ones treating it and, you know, you just need to have your child in, in talk therapy or have your family come into talk therapy and your child is having an emotional um, problem and not a physical one. But then, uh, you know, obviously on the other side, we've, there's been so much medical research to say, well, this is, a, this is a neurological problem, you know, and that's why behavior and development um, are affected. That's why things like social skills are affected because the nervous system, um, you know, is, ha- is impaired. So this, this growing field of biomedical research that's being done, a lot of medical doctors are doing it uh, in the treatment of autism. Could you tell our listeners what this is really, what it is? What is biomedical research and treatment and how can it help? Mm-hmm. Well, um, the term biomedical, I think, tries to speak to the fact that, well, I, I think it kind of contrasts with what we would call, you know, pharmaceutical treatment. For the most part, it's not pharmaceutical. Um, it's biomedical, meaning you're working with the body's own uh, biochemistry and physiology and and trying to correct impairments and all those processes. Um, and so in, in doing that, um, you're using more nutrients and, um, you know, things like vitamins, minerals, amino acids, things that the body, you know, would normally be making in the right quantities and, um, you know, as opposed to using synthetic chemicals like like a pharmaceutical. And, you know, there's a little bit of, of pharmaceutical treatment, but um, very, very little compared to any other, you know, major illness. Um, so the bio, the biomedical research and treatment is basically trying to look at what is the root cause, you know, which is also what naturopathic medicine does as well. Um, you know, we're not just trying to do research to find, um, you know, a psychiatric med that's going to help a child to be more calm, say, or, you know, something like that. We're trying to figure out, you know, what's, what's going on behind that behavior, um, physically that that could be corrected. And obviously, in order to correct that, you're going to use something, you know, something that the body already needs. So that really, really talking about, like earlier, you talked about gut and detoxification and immune system functioning to really help help the systems work more effectively, essentially, correct? Yeah, yeah. And I guess the other thing I didn't mention was diet as well. You know, it's not just giving a child a vitamin in a, you know, a pill or a powder form, but um, but also looking at, you know, what do we put into our mouths every day? What are we feeding our children? Um, and how is that going to impact someone's biochemistry if they already have a genetic, um, you know, vulnerability. Right, because food is definitely creates our internal chemistry. So changing the food would change that as well. Yeah, yeah. And for the most part, you know, these are folks that um, part of the issue is is food sensitivities and food allergies and things like that, because, you know, the gut is is injured and, um, you know, is, is going to be reactive to different foods. So that's a big that's a big part of biomedical treatment. So just in, in ending our, our talk today, for our families out there who are seeking help for their 
their child who has some autism spectrum disorder or they're considering perhaps has that, what would you would tell families out there? To, what would be their first step so that they can get some help for their child? Well, I think definitely, you know, if you can find a physician who focuses on autism, I think that's really important. And of course, in saying that, I know there are a lot of people that that advertise themselves as such. But, um, you know, starting starting with the biomedical, starting with your child's health care, if you can find an advocate in that area, that can be very helpful. Um, a lot of folks start out more from the educational side of things and have their child already in school and get help that way. If your child is uh, younger than school age, then another good resource in any community is to contact the early intervention uh, program at your school district, and they can definitely start helping with the educational piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, as a physician, I work on the, you know, the medical side of things, but then I also help families, you know, re- help refer them, you know, if they want to get a diagnosis, if they want speech therapy, you know, what what other kinds of therapies they might need. Whereas I think, you know, if you just go the school route, they're going to focus on educational therapies. So I think, obviously, I think it's important to get to the root of you know, of the condition and, and to seek out medical care, biomedical care. Right. And also it sounds like getting getting a collaborative team in place that you can all work together. Right. That's that's a big part of what I do. I mean, you know, I'm treating, you know, treating the child as a doctor, but then also having conversations with the parents about, you know, what, what therapies I, m- I might recommend or, you know, what therapies they're interested in looking at and then connecting them with other resources in the community. Because I think, especially coming, you know, from the perspective of being a behavioral therapist, I know how important it is to be doing both educational and biomedical at the same time. So it's definitely not an either or. And yeah, it's it's a team approach. So, Well, if you want to learn more about uh, the evaluation and treatment of children using biomedical treatment, then you'll have to tune in next week when Dr. LaRosa is going to be back with us and Um, really illuminating what steps are involved in the process of treating your child. And if you want to learn more about Dr. LaRosa and schedule an appointment or a consult with her, you can. You can contact her at drvalerie at pearlnaturalhealth.com, or you can call her clinic at 503-230-8973 to set up an appointment. Dr. LaRosa, thank you so much for being with us today on Health Currents Radio. Thanks for having me, Helen. That's all for our show today. I'm Ellen Goldsmith, and I want to thank our sponsor, Pearl Natural Health, a naturopathic acupuncture and Chinese medicine clinic in downtown Portland, Oregon. You can find Pearl Natural Health at pearlnaturalhealth.com. And you can always listen to Health Currents Radio and find all of our past shows at healthcurrentsradio.com. Please subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a review while you're at it. It helps get the word out. You'll find us on the mobile app Stitcher. You can also find us on Twitter at Pearl Natural or join the conversation and do like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash healthcurrentsradio. We want to know how you are transforming your life through your health.